Welcome to another episode of the Dealer Talk Podcast. This is your host, Herb Anderson. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's session, we have Mr. Trey Hudson, and we're going to be having a conversation. Uh, I mean, we really don't know where this conversation is going to go, man. Me and Trey are up on LinkedIn. We've been uh, uh, talking back and forth. He's been in the industry for a minute. I've been doing this deal for a minute, so so we'll see. I mean, the premise is internet, but I don't know. We'll see where, where we land. Um, <laughs> what up, Trey? How you doing, man? Hey, Herb. What's going on, man? So excited to be on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm excited as well. I think it's going to be a good conversation. And uh, um, let's kick things off, man. Uh, uh, start us off with your, with your background. Dude. Tell us about your experience. So I started in the car business, you know, roughly probably about 23 years ago. But I'm kind of a, I like to say, a little bit old school mixed in with the new school, a lot probably more new than old. Um, but I remember the days of Sharpies and no internet and customers wanting, you know, their payoff for their trade-in. So I've kind of made a full, um, you know, to how we have it now with technology and enhancements and uh, customers with, you know, armed with a lot more uh, knowledge and power than they've ever had before. So um, I've kind of held every role in a dealership on the variable side. Um, having not too much experience with service, although I do understand how service works, but, you know, started on sales, worked my way up to a sales manager. And then for a short, for a short time, I uh, was a general manager of a Ford store. But currently now I'm a sales manager at a Toyota store. And uh, yeah, things are going pretty well. Right on, dude. So um, I love the background there and what you said about the transition between the, the old and the new, because um, my first question is about... Um, you know, efficient market, right? And buyers and sellers having the same information um, to a certain degree. How has that premise in itself changed things, in your opinion, from from back in the old days to now? Uh, meaning, right? Customers walk in with 14 plus hours of research. Sometimes, in some cases, they may know more about that vehicle than the person that's supposed to be the expert, right? And so, right. Um, how has that changed things? But more importantly, how can we uh, leverage that to our advantage? You know, it's funny because when I hear that question, when I think about it, it's actually, to me, it's made things a lot easier than it was before. You know, if I kind of think about when I first started, customers came in, but, you know, they had no clue. I mean, they knew they were here to look at a car, but, you know, there was no YouTube, there wasn't Google, there wasn't Kelly Blue Book. So, I mean, they had to literally visit, you know, three, four or five dealerships to get a good idea for the vehicle that they wanted to buy. And, you know, now you look at it and they can do so much research online that when the customer walks into the dealership and, and we just had a sales meeting about this the other day, is that I think the customer is just looking for validation. You know, they've read the reviews on the car and, and they know it's probably the one they want, but they just want to make sure when they arrive at the dealership that they drive it and make sure. And so, you know, I think it's our job to just not really mess it up. There's no real reason for us to overcomplicate it. You know, I think sometimes we want to you know, box the customer into our steps of the sale, uh, when a lot of times now customers are coming in in the middle of the steps of the sale. And really, we just need to kind of just, you know, listen to them and kind of walk them to the finish line. Yeah, man, I love that. I I, I actually mentioned this story on the, on the podcast, but I'm, I'm going to do it again. Um, I had a conversation at, at this point, it's probably a couple, a couple years or maybe a year old. Uh, but I was having a conversation with the GM at, at a Toyota store, uh, oddly enough. And um, he mentioned, he did, he said the same thing you just said. He was like, listen, 
at this point, the, the, the customer goes to 1.2 dealerships, I think is the number. So if they show up at my store, that's a buyer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the kind of the message that I tell my guys. It's like, listen, if that customer shows up, they already chose us. So you, all you have to do, all you have to do is just remove the obstacles for them to buy. That's it. Mm -hmm. Simple. They were, they're already prepared. And so I, I, I agree with you, man. And I think it's the perspective. I think that's where, that's where things um, kind of fall um, is, is we have the wrong perspective. We don't understand or we don't, we fail to recognize how critically important that visit is in today's landscape. You know what I mean? Um, so, okay, cool. So what about, um, you know, what about the, the, the internet itself, man? Let's kind of develop that, that thought, like 50,000 view. Tell me about, um, you know, your kind of your take on it, but most importantly, in your opinion, has it changed things for the better or for the worse? You know, I think it's changed things for the better. You know, I remember hearing about Internet and we first started working about, you know, we started looking at customers that were submitting online leads. And there's a question at the dealership about, you know, those leads aren't worth your time. They don't generate any kind of growth. And we used to kind of just push them to the back. And we focus more on the customer that's walking in through the door um, just because, you know, they're there. They're standing on the showroom floor and they're like, hey, help, you know, sell me a car. And, you know, slowly we watched the Internet bar and, and you just spoke about it a little bit earlier that, you know, they've done the research online. They've they've gone to all these multiple websites. And so when that customer is submitting that online inquiry, I mean, we have to understand that they are they're You know, they mean business and that they're looking for someone that's going to listen to them, follow up with them and uh, give them the information that they're looking for. And I just really think if we you know, if we don't recognize that and that we only focus on the walk in traffic and we don't necessarily come up with a digital strategy that we're going to lose a lot of business or, you know, at, at best case, we're not going to see the growth in our business. Yeah, man, I, I agree. And and I definitely want to develop this. And we were we were kind of hitting on it uh, before we started recording here. But I totally agree with that. And I think that we're missing that, that a lot of the miss happens on the on the reporting side of things, like on the trackability, rather. You know what I mean? Like a lot of us in the industry don't even understand our, um, you know, like I ask dealers all the time, man, like, hey, do you know how many, what's your average website traffic? Like, you know, just users a month. What's the average? No clue. Right. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. How many of those users that go to your website, would you say percentage wise convert to an SRP and out of that, how many turn into a VDP? No idea. You know what I mean? Simple stuff like that, that dude, if you don't know that, you know what I mean? Like you're just right. not prepared. You know what I mean? Right. So um, let's talk a little bit about that. Maybe this would be a good leave behind for the for the audience as far as um, just some basic metrics that we need to be looking at, um, you know, because the other thing is that it gets really complex, right? And a lot of us are not, you know, a GM. I don't expect the GM to be this, uh, you know, technologically advanced um, you know, uh, right. into all the metrics, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's right. not what he's there for. He's there, he's there to conduct the team to, to put the right people in the right places and all that stuff. But what's some of the stuff, what, what, what are some of the metrics rather that, that, that they should be looking at on a, on a, on a, on a, at least monthly basis? You know, I, I think, I mean, obviously we'll look at one, I mean, how many leads do we actually get? And I think the, the one good thing about, e-leads is that you know our website submittals whether you get them from a third party or if you get them directly from your website um is that you can count those right i mean you know 
you know, it's hard to fake those numbers. So we know we got 300 submittals or we got 600, whatever your number is. Sometimes we ask the question of how many people do we have walk through the dealership today? We're going to get a bunch of random numbers because that's really kind of a hard number to track. Um, but Internet, like you said, with the VDPs, we can track that. The impressions, we can see that, you know, if a customer is liking something that we're posting on Facebook or if they're liking something we're posting on Instagram, we can see that customer's engagement. We can see that our message is, is hitting with the with our customer base. Um, so for one of the first things I make sure that I want to look at is the Internet leads. Um, and then also, I, you know, we'll check sources where they're coming from. Obviously, I think that your the dealer's website should be their number one, uh, not only lead volume, but also closing rate. Um, and then at our store, one of the things we really want to focus on is are we connecting with these with these customers? You know, like, you know, if we had X amount of leads, how many of them did we get on the phone? How many either respond to us by you know, phone, email, or text. And then once we find out that number, then we want to see were we able to convert those customers to appointments. Uh, and then, you know, you can track your show rate. And like I said, all this information, you know, whether you're using a good CRM tool, can walk you through a customer's, not only their buying process, but it can also let you know if your processes at the dealership need to be, you know, honed in, fixed, or tweaked. And that's the one thing that I do like about internet is like I said, you, it's hard for you to fake those numbers. Yeah. And the trackability, I mean, I, I, to me, that's, that's huge Just we can see it. I mean, digital has a footprint, right? It has a digital footprint that right. you know, we, we just never had before. Now we can't get to the specific, right? We can't go to the specific individual, although with Facebook these days we can, we can retarget those, right. those folks. We can. Yeah. Um, but, but dude, I mean, it's there. The conversions are there. Like for me, one, one simple one, right? And I, it's funny because I just posted a video of, on LinkedIn about this today in particular. Um, and it's the, the, the source medium report in your acquisitions tab in Google Analytics, right? Mm -hmm. Top 10 sources that are driving traffic to my website on a month-to-month on -month basis. Uh, breaking that down between SRP and VDP views and then taking a look at that number, you know, look at the 100% users and break that down. How many of those converted to SRP? How many of those converted to VDP? That's huge, man. And you can see it. You can actually see it. Like if a lot of the decision makers were looking at these numbers, they, their mind would be blown, right? Because right. you can see the, 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 how, how much more engagement a VDP has over an SRP and over overall users. Uh, lower mm -hmm. bounce rate, uh, more t uh, time spent on the site, they're looking at more pages per session. Um, if you're setting your goals in your Google Analytics, which I highly, highly recommend that you do, you can see the pace of conversion there and you can see how fast and quickly these customers are actually convert converting to the goals that you've set, whether it be a, a submission or, or a v VDP v view, um, et cetera, whatever you want, you want to, to kind of measure. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, I just, it just, it just blows my mind that we, that we're, we're not taking a deeper look. And then here's, what's real crazy, right? We have this expectation, uh, and, and we put all this responsibility on third party sites. Oh, you know, it's, you know, you guys are not doing your job. You know what I mean? You're not right, selling right. cars. And, and it, I'm just like, what? Like if you looked at your sources, you would see how little impact those third party sites have on driving traffic to your website. It's just That's so minimal, true. you know what I mean? Um, and, and I was yeah. going to say one thing to add to that the other day. I was actually on ours, and I was able to, you know, it's actually telling because we're talking about VDPs. Well, I was actually able to see the v, not only the VDPs, but it's telling me the actual cars that 
you know, customers aren't clicking on. And so it actually tells me like the top, I, I went over this with my sales team the other day. It's like, these are the top four cars in our, not only, not in our market, not in our region, at our actual dealership that customers are interested in. And so what that, you know, A, it's a training. It's like, let's make sure these top four cars that we're definitely dialed in and we, you know, we're, we know what we're talking about. And then also it helped us with with ordering because I know floor plan is an expense and we want to make sure that we're turning inventory. Well, I know if I'm getting X amount of VDPs on forerunners in this case, and they're like my number one. Well, you know what? I want to make sure that I got forerunners on the lot and that I'm prepared for all this uh, traffic that I'm getting digitally. Yeah, you know, I agree with that to a point. And here's here's what I mean. Like, I, I totally agree. You know, you got to you got to know which which vehicles are driving the activity, right? Because right. it's a hook, right? Those are the cars that are going to bring people in or they're going to get people to call the dealership and all that stuff. But I also think that we we're we don't do as good a job with those low performing units. And for example, I it was cobalt at the time, so CDK or whatever. I don't know what, they, what they've evolved into, but yeah, I think it's CDK um, now. Right? Yeah, so, but they did a study back back in my auto trader days. I think 2016 or so, um, and and the metric was 30 VDPs. That kind of that was like the sweet spot, if I remember correctly. So that the 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 premise was that if a vehicle had 30 VDPs, they'd spend 40 to 50 percent less time on the lot. Which to me, right. that's that's huge, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, so uh, that being the case, after 30 VDPs, now you're into diminishing returns, right? Where you're overspending for marketing. And that's what right. I worry about. I worry about that in the, uh, as an industry, we're starting to pay too much attention on those high VDP units. And we're, we're so focused on the views of the, that inventory that we mm-hmm. forget that we have a fleet of cars that are getting no love. They're getting no activity. They're low scarcity units. And those are the units that you want to that you want to spend a lot more money on and get really creative on how you market That's those true. vehicles. Because That's those are the cars, those are the cars that are going to make the difference, right? Those are the cars. Like if you right. can get good at that strategy, at at you know, I would do carousel ads for those vehicles um, on Facebook and any engagement that those cars get, I would retarget that customer with an offer. Um, you know, A, because it shows engagement, right? If somebody clicks on it or whatever, goes to the VDP, whatever, depending on the rule that you set for Facebook, right. um, then, then you can retarget them with an offer. You know that, that they clicked on it for a reason. They looked at it for a reason. Um, so I don't know, man. I just, I feel like we, 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 we yeah, we're, we're spending too much time on these, on these uh, high engaged, high engagement units. And we forget about the units that are not performing as well. So I, I just, I, I'd caution dealers to to really take a look at that and have a strategy for both. Um, so I don't know. Do you agree? What's your take on that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think sometimes you can, you know, sometimes we can get a little bit blinded by what we think is hot. And we do that a lot in the car business. If we think something's turning, then, you know, it's like, let's get more of them. Uh, and yeah. then all of a sudden, like you said, we've overlooked that, you know, that slow turning mile that all of a sudden got hot. And then it was just like, oh, we lost focus on it. So, yeah, I, to, I, I can totally agree with with what you're saying there. Right on, man. So, um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the internet because it's not just, you know, I mean, the internet is a very big concept, right? Um, cool. You know, so that there's many, many ways. So um, kind of switching it a little bit, let's get into the social media side of things. So I've been a big uh, proponent of social media in our industry for a minute. I li- I love seeing the changes that I, that I'm seeing. I, I, I see a lot more engagement 
um, than I than I did when I first started doing content and all these things on on, on all these different platforms. Um, what's your take on it? Are you using it? Is your team using it? Um, do you promote it within your dealership? Give me, tell me your perspective on that. So about, you know, I want to say it was probably about really a year ago. Um, I went to a training and, you know, they were talking about video and they were telling us how important that was and how we wanted to kind of stand out. And what I mean by video, uh, it's just basically when the customer submits that online lead, how are we responding to them? And then, of course, you know, you have a sea of phone calls and a sea of emails. And then certain times that when that video goes out to that customer, you know, personalized video, you know, we mention their name and, you know, sometimes it's a walk around on the car that I think we're getting, we get a lot more engagement from that customer because in their mind, they're like, wait, this person actually took the time to send me a personalized video on the car that I was interested in. And so my guys are utilizing, my team is utilizing that. And then a couple, and then a few of them do have their own personalized Facebook accounts, their business ones, uh, where they're you know posting pictures of customers when they buy cars. They're running specials. They're being active there. Um, and then of course we have an Instagram page that uh, we're really starting to explore now with you know a lot more pictures of cars, activities we have going on at the dealership. And I think that kind of and then the last part of that is Facebook. But our Facebook, we're in a smaller community. And we really like to focus our Facebook on the community and things that our dealership is doing within the community. So uh, we've kind of utilized Facebook for that. Instagram is more like pictures of cool, you know, our product, you know, customers like it. We're up in a a mountain town, so they want to see the lifted trucks, the forerunners in the snow and those kind of things. But really what I really think sets us apart is that we do utilize video uh, when we're responding to customers on an online inquiry. Dude, I love that. I mean, uh, could you share like who you use? Are you guys using CoVideo or what's your? Yeah, we are. We're using we're using CoVideo. And one of the things I absolutely like about CoVideo is not only can you email, you know, obviously it's clarity when you record the video. It's not it's not grainy. I don't know how long you can record a video, but we do try to, you know, we trial and error. We've learned to try to keep them anywhere between, you know, 30 seconds or under. And sometimes if the guys are doing a walk around, that may run about a minute um, because we know that, you know, customers are, are, are busy. And so we can kind of hold their attention for so long. But uh, another thing that we've noticed with COVID, like about CoVideo is that, you know, you can obviously email, but you can also send the link directly to the customer's cell phone. And so we've had a lot of success with that, just being able to shoot the personalized video. Customer like having text- I'm sorry, what was that? Her? Do you mean via text? Yes, via text. So, um, you know, we're having a hard time catching, getting the customer on phone or, you know, they're not necessarily responding to our emails. So we're able to send that video directly to their cell phone in the form of a text. Um, And, you know, they just press one button and the button, (laughs) press one button and the video pops up on their screen. So, um, yeah, I mean, CoVideo has been extremely um, helpful for us. Yeah, hey, CoVideo, if you're listening to this, hit me up, man. This is like the third <laughs> vlog I'm doing, you guys, this, this season. But, um, dude, I totally agree, man. I, I freaking love CoVideo. I think they're awesome. And not and, and to add to what you just said, which all of those are, are amazing reasons to do it, but the branding part of it, right, where you can put the links and stuff on there mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? And you can route customers directly to your inventory, send them to your website, and it gives you like four or five different buttons that you can put on the – on the actual frame of the video, dude. Like, why are we not doing that like regularly? I mean, video is like it's like the quickest way to break the ice in today's uh, in today's landscape, in my opinion. And then when the customer shows up, 
they're they're they've seen your face they've heard you talk they've seen a little bit of your personality and there there's an instant right. connection i mean would you agree with that yeah because i mean we have you know i've seen salespeople, but we also have a manager uh video that goes out to customers basically like a you know appointment confirmation and you know it, it never fails i'd be walking across the showroom floor and somebody stopped me and say hey trey and i you know i kind of look at yes how are you and they're like hey i got your video and uh it's just whenever the customer says that, it's just like you know in your mind you think it works Yes. And another example, you know, we just, this just happened three days, probably not three days, probably about a week ago, uh, a customer, I overheard him with the salesperson and the customer came in and he says, Hey, the only reason I'm here is because you took the time to send me a personalized video. I felt obligated to visit you here at the store. Like literally the customer is saying, I am here because you sent me a personalized video. And it was so different than everything else that I got from you know, all the other stores that inquired in that I had to stop in and see you. And the customer left in a car. So I thought that it's just, it's so powerful to send video when everyone else is sending the same message. It's just our goal to try to figure out how can we stand out to that customer and grab that customer's attention. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Make, differentiate yourself. And I've said this over and over and over again, and I'm going to, I'm about to say it one more time. <laughs> it's very easy to differentiate yourself in today's, in today's, in just the way that we sit today, because everybody's doing the same thing. So something right. so you would feel like it's so insignificant, like sending a video can make all the difference in the world because everybody else that they're getting there, that are hitting up that same prospect are mm -hmm. doing it pretty much the same way, right? CRM, right. uh, you know, preset uh, pre emails um, or BDC calls, right? right? So an email or something via tax, why, as long as it's legal, I mean, I just want to emphasize that because I know that that's But as long as it's legal, I mean, that's that can make such a difference. It can make such a difference, you know what I mean? And then especially, especially think about what you're selling here. It's not like, I mean... Yes, in some cases you do have that one-off uh, vehicle that people are going to come by, even if you treat them bad, just because of the car mm -hmm. that it is, the mileage that, and yeah. they'll put up with it because that's that one rarity. But for yeah. a lot of the stuff that they can get anywhere else, dude, those little things they add up, man. It makes a big, huge difference. It it really does. I mean, you know, and this like you know, like you said earlier. I mean, it's just trying to figure out. In this day and age, how can we stand out? And, you know, we just we don't like to just send the customer one video. I mean, you know, we do have a CRM process like most dealers, but, you know, our videos run out, you know, seven days, 15 days. Uh, and the guys have, you know, done some fun templates to send out to customers and keep it creative and they change them, you know, consistently. And you sp spoke about it earlier, but with co-video, we can actually change the backgrounds, too. So if it's yeah. Christmas, you'll probably have a Christmas background. Uh, you'll have the links on the side. So, I mean, it's just not, it's not plain. It's not simple. When the customer opens it up, it's alive. It's got a message and it gets to the point. Yeah, dude. So, um, totally agree. So, Covideo, if you're listening, hit me up. Let's, let's, let's partner up, man. Cause I keep talking about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So what about the personal branding side of it? Is that something that you guys encourage within your dealership? I've been hearing a lot about this deal where a lot of the dealers don't like that their salespeople, um, take to the, to, to social media and, and promote themselves as individuals. To me, that's insane. That's ludicrous. I don't, I don't understand why you would ever do that. 
Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe that's a policy within your within your store. If so, let's let's talk about that. You know, I, I think that goes kind of goes back to kind of that old school, new school feel where sometimes the old school in us is like, hey, we want to control as many variables as we possibly can. And I think as we start to get out into social media, we start to realize it's kind of it's no holes barred out there. I mean, it's really hard to kind of control all those different variables because there's so many places that customers can get information from now. And so, yeah, we actually have salespeople that do have their social media accounts. Um, they're separate from their, you know, I do ask the guys, try to separate them from their personal accounts um, just because sometimes what people post on their personal is it could maybe sometimes, you know, interfere with their business. But a lot of them have, you know, like it has say salesperson at, you know, our store. And I like those because it's just they build their business that way. They're expanding their business. They're building their repeat referral business from there. And I just don't think or I'm sorry. I think that that's so much of a faster way to grow your business. You know, I think when I first started, you know, we were using and, I, and I'm, it's not that I'm that old, but I mean, it's just far. It's just telling you how fast technology is changing. I mean, we were using Rolodex and calendars to try to build up our repeat and referral business. We were calling customers out of the phone book, you know, to try to do that. Now these, you know, now salespeople are able to do it through Facebook, Instagram, all these other social media sites, and they can build their repeat business up so much faster than we ever did before. So yeah, I mean, we absolutely encourage our people, you know, as long as they're responsible to use their social media, you know, to grow their business, because in return, it's growing our business. Yeah, yeah, and just to clarify, I, I agree with that. Like you, want, you can't, you got to be careful as far as as the personal and the professional, right? Because you could right. post something that uh, uh, people are gonna misconstrued or or associate with the dealership, and you definitely don't want any of that stuff going on. But um, I would encourage the salespeople in particular to uh, become authorities within their communities, and the fastest, quickest way to do that is through social media. Right. Um, you know, I mean, there's just no, you talked about the, the old days and the Rolodex and stuff. I remember those days, dude, the salespeople at the, <laughs> at, at the dude, that's what they did. They, and I just talked about this on, on I think it was two episodes ago. They would go, they would take a stack of business cards and they would go hit the streets. Like I remember those days, you know what I mean? Um, and, but try hitting, try hitting 100 or 200 people in a day doing that. Good luck, right? <laughs> right. You can put a video together right now and, and, and put that out there. And you can get, you know, if, you know depending on your creativity and, 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 you know, if you're willing to invest a little bit of dough in it, you can get four, 500, 1,000, 2,000 people to look at it. So yep. um, it's just, it just doesn't, I mean, you can't beat that. Plus, Plus, again, and I know I already said this, but I'm going to say it one more time. The the way the, they're going to see your face, they're going to they're going to see the that it's different than what they're exposed to, and that's that within itself is is a leg up. So, um, yeah, I mean, we used to tell you know I still think the phone is still pretty powerful. I still think it's a you know it's a, a strong way of getting a hold of customers. But you know, we send an email blast out, and guess what's attached to it? It's a video. You know, it's a personalized video from the salesperson. And he's sending it to his customer base and he's trying to grow it. And it's just, it, it beats trying to, it's beat sometimes sitting there making 50 phone calls to your customer base when you can just, you know, shoot a quick video and boom, get it out to 150, 200 people in what, less than 15 minutes? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Plus, not to mention, that's a good point because now you're talking to customers that have already said yes to you, right? Customers that are in your DMS right. that either yep. purchased from you 
or they service their vehicle there, which is, in my opinion, that's the, the cheapest prospect you can go after, right? Because you can send them right. an email for free pretty much at this point. And um, yeah, and they'll they'll consume it, right? Because it's coming from a source that they trust. So yeah, I and mean, that's what I was going to say. You know, it's like, what did it cost us? You know, it, like you said, you just said it cost us zero dollars, you know, to do that. And it's a great marketing strategy and it works. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I've had a lot of success. Dude, I've had a lot of success with, with um, um, DMS customers, um, even direct mail, direct mail, email, um, and phone calls to customers in your DMS. It's a lot harder to do when you're going after customers that don't have a relationship with you. To me, that's a, that's a waste. But um, right. a lot of the, the – the, uh, oh, let me see if I can say, get this word out – digitization – um, that we have today, yay! I did it. Yeah. Uh, that we have today um, just allows us to 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 get that that right message in front of the right customer at the right time. I mean, I just to me that's like that's a no brainer. Why we're not doing more of that stuff? So, right. Um, what about evolution of the internet? Because that's that's something that I that I want to explore here really quick. And I, listen, I know like, this can go in so many different directions. I mean, now with the so called AI and all these things, but um, how do you see it evolving, right? Because to a certain degree, it's been it's it's kind of had its impact of what it's gonna of what it, of this version or iteration of it. What's right. the next step? You know, it, it's kind of funny. You know, I always listen to, or I shouldn't say always listen, but I listen to Gary V every now and then. And one of the things he always talks about is voice and how important voice is going to be in the future. You know, with Hey Alexa and Hey Google. And I'm always trying to figure out how is that going to impact our business as we move forward. Um, and I, I guess to kind of answer your question, I really don't know. I, you know, I think we've gotten to a point now where um, it's just all about growing that social media presence and and, and trying to figure out where this Internet's going to go. I, I think it's kind of it's kind of limitless in what it's going to be next, but I'm just not sure yet. Yeah, you know, I I I like that you touched on voice because that's what I I'm that's I'm gonna predict that I'm gonna put that down here and go on the record. But I think that's really the next evolution. Now, is it gonna be Alexa type of a deal? I don't know, man. I mean, um, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Or the day before, I was watching this commercial, and it was this Apple TV. Was it Apple TV? I want to make sure I get this right. It was either Apple TV or was that Amazon Fire Stick or whatever. I think it's the Amazon Fire Fire TV deal. Dude, but it was voice, right? It was all voice, 100% voice. And you're like, hey, um, uh, I think it was Alexa, actually. Um, hey, Alexa, I want to see, and the commercial says Barry on, from HBO or something like that. And then it puts the – it Puts it the, puts in here, right. Yeah, puts the program on. And so I think that that's where we're going, man. I think that we're going to a place where it's all going to be voice. But here's where it gets really tricky, in my opinion. So I envisioned this, and maybe this is like far-fetched, but I don't care. Um, I envision somebody like making breakfast, right? They're looking for a car, and they're like, hey, device, whatever, Alexa or whatever. Um, I'm looking for a car. Give me some options. And they'll, they'll, that's where it'll start, right? And it'll start naming mm -hmm. options. But what's going to happen is after the third option, you'll be like, okay, I got it, right? Yeah. So you're going to have to right. get really, really good at that stuff. You're going to have to get really, really good because just like like we do now, 
um, the, the, you know, we only, we choose, I do anyway. I know a lot of people that just look at the top three when it comes to Google, right? You're either looking at the ads, depending on if you're in some sort of distress situation or you're down to the first top three uh, on the organic place. So that's going to be the competition is how, who can get up there the fastest. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that a lot of us in, in this space, in, in this industry, rather, we need to be learning that stuff now, right? So that when it comes and, and the switch is going to come, we're ready, we're, we're, we're versed in it, we're, we know the language, and then we can implement strategies around it. Right. So anyway, that's my, that's my vision. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But no, I agree. I mean, who knows, dude? It's, things are moving so fast, so quickly. It's, it's just, yeah. it could be anything, right? But I do know that kind of starts them down that funnel, um, you know, when they do start saying, hey, you know, which pick, you know, pick, hey, Google, pick me the top three compact SUVs, you know, and it gets them started and they kind of, but I still think all roads hopefully are going to always lead back to us to the dealer level. Yeah. And, and if you think about this, right, so we are, we are, you know, this is, this is too deep. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm having beers while we're. We're doing this. <laughs> uh, when you think about it, we are we are already there's a, there's a mechanical not mechanical but there's a there's a digital version of ourselves right of, mm -hmm. of our of our humanity in the, in our phones right those are extensions of us right and we are consuming that information when you think about it really really slowly because you know we we're doing everything with our thumbs and so that you know we got to search stuff. But when we have that device, we are significantly smarter than without it, right? Like you right. can, you're significantly smarter with your phone. You are a significantly smarter consumer. You're a significantly smarter shopper with your device because you can look look stuff up, right? Mm -hmm. And you can mm -hmm. you can consume that information and, and and instantaneously become more intelligent about a product or a car or whatever, right? So when we get to a, a place where it's either voice or it's, uh, you know, some, some, in some way, shape or form, um, d direct download sort of a deal where we don't have to type in or it's, it's um, kind of guessing what our searches or whatever, you know, what our, what our needs are. And that information just starts coming to us quicker and quicker and quicker. Right. That's what it's going to get really, really scary. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just feel like voice is, is going to be the way to go because it, it'd be the quickest, the quickest way to kind of consume that information in my opinion. But yeah, uh, you, and kind of just, you know, quickly when you were bringing that up about, you know, using our phones and scrolling through them. I mean, I just had an example just yesterday or yeah, yesterday, last night. I mean, we had a customer that was literally at another dealership thinking about buying a brand new vehicle. The salesperson leaves him and he, you know, walks up to the sales desk, I guess, and is getting numbers. And the customer is scrolling through car gurus, finds a car that we have on our lot and is literally calling us on a pre-owned car while he's negotiating on a new car at a dealership about 150 miles away from us. And it's just when you really think about that, how fast they're able to do that. It's yes. just it's just amazing now. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's what I mean. Like we, we are the, the, our, the shoppers that we have today are significantly just better and, and smarter than, than we've ever faced because of that, because of that technology. Yep. Um, all right. So, uh, let's talk about the competition side of things, right? So, um, I love, love trying to find nuggets and things that we can leave behind for the audience. So uh, quickly, if you can give us two, three internet strategies, how can we leverage that to, 
um, get more sales and, and, you know, steal market share away from our competitors. You know, I, I was thinking about this question. I was it, actually the question you asked me, I was thinking about it earlier, like kind of prepping myself for this conversation we're going to have. And I was thinking if I walked into a dealership, you know, today and I could spend no money and someone told me, hey, how can you grow my business? And the first place I would probably look is their Internet department and just assume that lead volume stayed consistent and never changed. And if I had to focus on a couple of things that I would put in place, process based, not any kind of retargeting, not yet, not any kind of you know additional spends, just focusing on what we have right now. The first thing we talked about earlier would definitely be video, utilizing a, a video strategy to you know follow up with leads, video walkarounds to engage the customer would be where I would start. The second is I've noticed that a lot of some CRMs. Uh, because the dealer hasn't set them up, generally has no follow-up after day two for internet lead. And I know as I say that, some people are probably thinking, how in this day and age can that happen? But I just saw it happen just recently. Day two, literally there was no follow-up for my e-lead. So if I was a salesperson, I made sure that I did my follow-up on day one, and it was just up to me from day two on to make sure that I follow up with that customer. So that would be one of that would be another that I would follow up with. So we'll video, we'll look at the CRM on our follow up strategy. And then I guess as I'm sitting here thinking about three would just be the phone. And I know that, you know, we say foam and I think it sounds like, um, you know, it should be so easy. But if we look at what we're doing with phone ups now, are we, you know, actually making sure that we're trying to convert that phone up into appointment? Or we even, you know, do we even have anybody even answering the phone? I called a couple of dealerships the other day looking to do a dealer trade and they were big stores. I couldn't even get anybody to answer the phone. So I, I worry when I see things like that because I'm thinking, what are our customers thinking on the other end? Um, and so those would be the top three that I would focus on. Video, uh, CRM follow-up, and then three, the phone. And make sure that I have people that are in my internet department that have no problem picking up the phone and making the multiple dials that we need to make to get a hold of the customer. Yes, sir. Totally agree with that. Thanks, man. Those are those are, those are are all great ones for sure. I love the phone run because it's just it's something that we, we take for granted, I think, a lot of us within the industry. But that's still, um, dude, when you think about it, I'd rather, you know, I don't know, man. Let me see before I say this. Yeah, I'd rather get... I'd rather get called than get an email. You know what yep. I mean? I mean, I much, much prefer a text message, but, you know, I'm a millennial. and um, <laughs> I mean, that, that's, just, that's just how we communicate. But, right. um, you know, I, 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 I much rather get a call than an email. So um, I think that we, we're not doing as much of, of that as we should. And and some departments more than others, like service, I see that a lot. Like, how can a service department not have a BDC in today's age? It's just, just, yeah. I just don't get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. anyway, and um, you know, you you mentioned it when you you talked about the texting, and I think a lot of the and and not to say anything about any particular generation, but you know, obviously when I started, we only had the phone. I mean, uh, cell phones are just coming out, and surely they weren't texting or searching the internet. Um, but now a lot of people are, you know, that younger generation is more comfortable with texting. And I think somewhere along the line that I am, you know, you sometimes get worried about our phone skills at the dealership level and if those are going to start suffering, you know, as we go. 
Um, but like you said, I much rather the foam ring than any of the other options that I have available right now, because that's a live customer on the phone who I can somehow influence and hopefully get them to the next step, which is to visit the dealership. Yeah, man. If I mean, if you, if you get them on, on the line, right, dude, and you're having a conversation with them, that's, that's, there's a lot of value there. There's a lot of value there. So, um, yeah. And, and the other thing, and I mentioned this recently as well, but you know, I mentioned that I'm a millennial, but I'm 40 years old, dude. So if we're thinking about millennials <laughs> as, you know, little kids, you know, 18-year-old, right. then, well, then, we, 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 then we're really making a lot of mistakes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, um, but, uh, okay, dude, we're getting close to that time. Um, I did want to ask one more question here before I give you an opportunity to tell us about a little bit more about you and, and how we can connect. Um, I want to talk about AI really quick and how that applies to the internet. And in particular, are you guys using anything that's considered AI effectively? And if so, can you share with us what it is? And the reason why I want to, I, I'm for, this is, this is, this episode is for season four, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, I wanted to talk a lot about AI in this season because I just, I, I myself am trying to learn because I get so many different theories so many different vendors talking about it, so many conflicting information out there. Um, what's your take on it? Are you using anything and is it working? So, you know, I had a few months ago, I had a meeting with a company that uses AI and actually they were going to um, workforce in regards to uh, lead follow-up. Um, we actually didn't sign up with them. We just wanted to do a little better job of dialing our own processes and making sure that and we had those things dialed in because sometimes you can sign up for that. But um, I think, you know, you're, you're, if you have a, a, a broken wheel, you're probably looking for that solution to fix it. And sometimes it doesn't it just creates another broken wheel for you. Um, so uh, we have not necessarily signed up with them yet. And honestly, that's probably the only version of AI that we would probably be using outside of, you know, we do start our texting that, you know, with AI. Um, I think we use Goobagoo. So if customers are, you know, have questions, the chat will start AI and then a, a member of our team can take it over in the middle. Right on. Okay. Uh, but do you, do you foresee, do you foresee a, a place for that in the, in the dealership uh, maybe a couple of years down the line or, I mean, what are your, what are your predictions on that? You know, I, I do. I think as it, as the technology gets better, I think it's something that's, and as customers get to the point where they want information from us so fast that we're unable to keep up with it, I think at that point is a perfect time for us to start looking at AI options and what's available out there and what can help us, you know, with that customer that, and I guess the reason why I was thinking about this is like now you go to Starbucks and, you know, you probably visited Starbucks 50 times, but that one time they were 15, you know, they were five minutes late with your coffee order. All of a sudden you're thinking in your head, Starbucks is just going downhill. And uh, I think that, you know, that's how we can use AI to make sure that we don't have those issues. So when customers, like I said, want that information, they want it now and they can't wait, you know, AI gets, gets the information to them right away. And I think that can be an advantage for us. Dude, I love that you bring that up because I, I'm having this conversation with my clients all the time and it's like dude, if you think if you think the so-called millennial are bad wait wait right. 
generation comes that has purchased everything online. Everything has been by pushing a button and that's how they're going to want everything. And they were going to want it quicker than ever before. Like there was this comedian. I don't know if uh, anybody watches net. Well, I'm sure people watch Netflix here and I don't remember the dude's name, but there it's, it's, it's brand new. And the guy's talking about, um, you know, I want it now. I want to press the button on Amazon and I want it in my hand. You know what I mean? So, it's just that's where it's heading, folks. So if we're not, if you're, if you're not ready to offer that experience, I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be a rough time. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's been awesome, man. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a really good conversation. I appreciate you coming on and, um, you know, sharing with us. I want to give you a moment to talk. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how can we get in touch with you? If you have anything coming up, um, you know, let us know. Um, and yeah, uh, we'll, we'll put all your information in the show notes too. So people can reach out, but, um, yeah, man, let, let us know. Yeah. So first off, I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, for giving me the opportunity to come on the show and, and, and talk a little bit about the car business. I'm, I'm very passionate about it. I've been doing it for a while, but you know, I wake up in the morning and, and I like the growth of the business. I'm, I like where it's heading, you know, for a while, they're kind of a little bit of worried about it, but you know, I, it doesn't scare me that customers are getting information now faster. I think it only makes our job a little bit easier, uh, just as long as we don't mess it up. But we just have to be prepared. And and like, you know, so thanks again. Give me this platform. Um, this is actually the first uh, uh, podcast I've, I've ever done. So uh, yeah. it's been great. It's been very informational. And I, I've listened to past episodes and was super excited to be on here. But I think right now, you know, if, if people are looking for me, I did start LinkedIn. And that's actually how we were able to con- collect, uh, connect. And uh, right now, that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm trying to see on that platform what I can do with it, where it can go. And uh, yeah. Right on, man. Hey, dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. There is one question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. And that question is, where do you see the automotive industry headed in the next five years and why? You know, we were having, we were sitting down and, you know, everybody's talking about, I think we even just talked about it a little bit earlier about wanting it and wanting it right now. We talked about Amazon. We, you know, at times we talk about Carvana and who would have thought that customers could literally buy a car from, from their home. And so I think as we progress as dealers and as technology progresses, I think that's where it's heading. I think eventually, you know, I still think that there's going to be customers that are going to want to test drive the car. are going to want to know, you know, the fill the wheel seals the deal, as we say. Uh, But I think the next five, six years, we're going to get to be a point where customers are literally buying cars from the living room and uh, we're delivering them to their front doorsteps. And the reason why I say we're going to be delivering us, the dealer, is because other disruptors in our industry are basically going to make us do that, are going to force our hands. And and the ones that want to get better and grow are going to be the dealers that are progressive and want to deliver that experience to the customer. So that's where I think we're heading in the next few years. Vehicle delivery, customer in the live room, never really having to leave their house to purchase a vehicle. Right on, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, that's certainly seems to be the what the the framework of the future is, is looking like. But you know, we'll see. Time will tell. Um Dude, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, Love your insights on this deal. I'm excited to share this one. Um, 
If you haven't done so, please, please make sure to share this episode. Um, share this podcast with somebody that can take this information back to the dealership and implement in their day to day. That's all the time we have today. Thank you so much. And we'll talk later. This show might help you fix it. Though we did not set the bar. Nope. We're just trying to lift it with new automotive knowledge. The talented and gifted.